Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Daniel Luria, Executive Director of Atariyat Konim, speaking here from slightly colder uh, Yerushalayim. Um, a bit of snow. Let's hope that it uh, holds on so the kids can have some fun, something you don't usually see here. I know that people overseas in this hard winters, uh, especially in America, Chicago, New York, are very much used to uh, snow. But anyway, um, Keep warm, everyone. The news of the week before we get to the parasha, we had an amazing, beautiful, inspiring Hafrashat Chala evening with close to 70 people, including uh, most of the women from uh, Kfar Hashiloach. I even managed to get some uh, some chalot out of it for my own wife. God bless her. But it was a, a very special evening that we had. We even showed a, a new video about uh, Rachamim Madmuni, um, who came back to the village 82 years after his father was murdered there by Arabs, and he came back for the first time and said, Kaddish there, so there was also a short video clip about that. Uh, we also got an interesting court ruling this week um, uh, that basically said 10 million shekels. Uh, the East Jerusalem Development Electrical Company or other that used to be under the Jordanians looking after some of these neighbourhoods um, owes 10 million shekels to a lot of Jewish families and even the Arab families who jumped on the bandwagon and uh, were happy to accept it uh, based on the, uh, the fact that a few Jewish families sued them for uh, uh, hopeless infrastructure, not reading the meters properly, etc. A very interesting court ruling. Uh, there are still Arabs demonstrating against what's going on in the Sanctified Trust. And um, the other bit of news is that uh, it's always worthwhile to remember because this day, 17 years ago, the first families uh, moved into the uh, Yemenite village in the first buildings of Bet Hadvash and Bet Yonatan. And we should always remember uh, the people who stood behind that, uh, anonymous people from, uh, from Canada and from Israel, uh, both places that helped uh, redeem and finance the... Uh, uh, moving back all those two buildings uh, and lit the fire basically to the, uh, uh, the restoration of Jewish life in the area. So, Tudaraba uh, for you. Parashat uh, Truma. Well, uh, I guess if you're a fundraiser, there's nothing better than Truma, as in uh, donations um, uh, that was given at the time in the desert. Everyone was asked to give them their hearts. Of course, they felt like they wanted to do it. In any case, it was uh, part of who they wore to create the uh, the house of God, the Mishkan. Uh, it became this month of Adar and until the beginning of Nisan, always the time of, of actually giving. They were building the Mishkan and the famous Pasuk, V'asuli Mikdash V'shachanti Betocham. And... Uh, uh, make for me a mikdash, and I will sit not within it, I will sit within them. And of course, everyone jumps on this whole concept and says, well, it should have been, and I will dwell inside of it, inside of the mishkan, singular. Once it says, clearly it's a very different concept that we make the mikdash, we make the mishkan in the desert, we make the mikdash in uh, and Yerushalayim, it's all part and one of the same. We build Yerushalayim, we build the Mikdash, and then God dwells inside of us, in the hearts of every single Jew. When we work together for some concept, some holy concept like Yerushalayim, like the Mishkan, like the Mikdash, that's what Hashem wants, that we're together working, loving each other, working together to build something very special, like Jewish life in the heart of Yerushalayim, like the Mikdash, and then God dwells um, amongst us. See, God, he doesn't need, I mean, he really needs a house? Obviously not. God doesn't need the physical house. It's not possible for him to physically be in, a, in an enclosed place. He has a representation of, uh, of his house here on this world, and that is the Mikdash, that's Yerushalayim. But what we need is, um, we need the partnership. 
Uh, we need the working together. Uh, we need to bond with each other to do something very, very special. And that is the, uh, the concept of uh, building the Mishkan or building Yerushalayim. Uh, it's also interesting to note, of course, that uh, you know, the, the whole of creation, how many psukim were the creation? Yet we have tons, tons of psukim all talking about the intricacies of the wood and the cloth and how it's to build and the, the gold and the silver and the aron and all the different pieces there. It's a huge amount of detail because at the end of the day, the Torah is not given as a science book. It doesn't make a difference about the world being created. The, the Torah was given to us as a way to live. We need the details of real life in this world, how we're meant to act. And in fact, there's something even slightly connected to that if you think about it. However great the Har Sinai was, the giving of the Aseret HaTibot and the Torah and the, and the fanfare and the, the thunder and the brimstone, whatever was going on with the, the cloud over uh, Har Sinai and the Shofar, the ecstatic experience, the spiritual uplifting of, of Ahmad Har Sinai, ultimately failed. If you think about it, straight afterwards, we have right there the Egel HaZahav and suddenly everything changes. And maybe, and this is not what I'm saying, it's things that I've read from various Rabbonim uh, and various books that I, uh, that I read, uh, but I did read that uh, the concept of Har Sinai was a, was a once offer. It was basically, we didn't do anything. It was a silver platter. The reason why the Mishkan and the Migdash has the ability to, to be a lot more impressive upon us and why there's so many psukim about the Mishkan is because it's our involvement. It's not just sitting back and, and just watching the Ten Commandments being given. No, it's us being involved in the building process. And when it's something that we invest in, it's something where you invest in, anyone invests in trying to build Yerushalayim, to build the Jewish life in Yerushalayim, the Mishkan and the Mikdash, it's something which will obviously always last. So um, it's an amazing parasha. Uh, the last thing maybe I should quickly mention, if, we, if you're still listening, and I hope you are, and that is the preparation for redemption. Uh, there is a very specific pasuk, Asita et hakrashim la mishkan shitim. You shall make the boards for the mishkan. Now, obviously, if they're building the mishkan, then clearly it should have said, Asita krashim, you take krashim, just general. Why hakrashim? Anytime we hear the letter hey before uh, a noun like that, there's something very special about you know, the mule, the bilamo, the, the uh, the specific thing in this case is the krashim, the boards. Where are these boards? These boards of uh, of acacia. Where, where did it actually uh, come from? This uh, the shittim wood. Well, according to from what we understand, um, Yaakov, and this is brought down in the midrash, he's getting ready. I mean, he knows he's going down to Mitzrayim. He's trying to impress upon his children that don't get too comfortable in the exile of of America. Sorry, the exile of uh, of Egypt or of Australia, don't get comfortable in the exile of, uh, of Babylon or Persia. No, he's getting ready for the time they're coming back. He knows the one day the better Mikdash is going to be built. He knows the Mikdash and the Mishkan has to be built in the desert. So he prepares for all that. Hundreds of years beforehand, he's getting ready. He's preparing for the redemption. And he plants these huge trees, or the trees at the time weren't huge, but ultimately became huge hundreds of years later when Am Yisrael ended up coming and cutting and using them to build the, uh, the Mishkan. The preparation, the readiness, the wanting to be a part of something great is something which is very, very important. Uh, we see today that there are things unfolding here in Eretz Israel. Uh, you have to be a fool or blind not to recognize 
what has taken place since the creation of the State of Israel. Maybe even the last 200 years when people started coming back and building Yerushalayim and Sfat and Tiberia and Hebron, building up the land. Uh, the fact that we have a state and an army and whatever we're doing, these are great days and you have to be part of it. Um, even if you are at the moment, for whatever reason, sadly, living in exile, you can be part of the redemption process by Trumot, by giving, by being part and parcel of what is happening here, this unfolding redemption process. So I wish everyone well. I hope you're all healthy. Uh, next week will be Purim. And maybe next week we'll speak about, although I've written a little bit about it in this week's newsletter, about the connection between Yerushalayim and Purim. The whole story of Purim actually centers around Yerushalayim. And I hope that everyone reads the book of Ezra to understand the historical significance of who was King Cyrus, who was King Achashverosh, who was King Darius, and how the Beda Migdash ultimately was finished off in the month of Adar, the son of Esther, says the most amazing declaration. A few years after the story of Purim, this is after the building of Yerushalayim had been stopped. Sadly, not a lot of people came back to Israel and not a lot of people came and built Yerushalayim and built the Beit HaMikdash. But at some point, after the whole story of Purim finishes, the new young king of Persia, King Darius II, according to many most opinions, he's the son of Esther, he's guided by his mother and of course Mordechai, gives not just permission, but says the most amazing declaration, even better than King Cyrus's, whose itself is very special. And King Darius, look up the book of Ezra. He calls for the Jews of his huge Persian empire and he says, I demand that you help and give of the king's goods, give ex cover the expenses, send resources, everything possible to the diligent builders of Yerushalayim and the temple to, their God, to the God of Israel. That's what he calls. And you know how he finishes off? And whoever doesn't listen to this declaration of mine, may a beam be taken from his house and he be strung from that beam and may his house become a garbage heap. That is the king, the Persian king, Darius, calling on every single Jew to help build Yerushalayim. It's the month of Adar. I don't think I need to say any more with this amazing parsha of Truma and the connection with giving, giving and giving and the parsha of Truma just before the, uh, the Chag of Purim. Stay well, healthy and happy. Shabbat Shalom.